0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Good morning, everyone. Let me say that again. Good morning, everyone. It is so good to see you. Like Pastor Nick said, it is December already. And uh, man, I tell you what, I can't believe that 2021 is almost gone. I still, I wanna do over for 2020, you know, after everything that took place with COVID and everything, and and what we're still going through. And man, we we got some some tough news from our family, our our church family out in Manteca, the uh, loved one that is right now uh, in the hospital fighting for their lives as well. And I just ask you right now, if you would join your faith with mine and let's just pray for her. Uh, Her husband passed away earlier this month, and uh, I just just praying for the whole family. We've known them for a lot of years, and they're very special to us. And for those of you at home, would you just bow your hearts with us as we pray? Father, we just come into agreement this morning that you are still healer. that, That your name, your word says, God, that you are Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. It's not what you do, it's who you are. That healing, my God, when you show up, it manifests. And Lord, we pray that your presence would be manifested in that room right now. That you would transform my God, that hospital room into the very throne room of heaven right now. That when your presence gets there, that it would breathe life, that it would bring hope, my God. The same way the Holy Spirit breathed life into Adam, the same way he breathed life into those dry bones. Lord, breathe life, my God, like you did in the upper room, that you would breathe life to Marilyn right now. Lord, we just speak over Marilyn Blanco, your healing in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that. Thank you for joining us. Would you do me a favor as well? Stand to your feet as we turn our Bibles to Acts chapter two. We've been preaching a series called I am CWC. And we've been sharing with you, we want to close out the year so people are all on the same page in regards to who we are as a church. You see, when you come to a church, you don't come to a church because you enjoy the music, which we have great music. We have great, great worship. I appreciate our worship team. You don't even come to church because you enjoy the preaching of the pastor. And I think we have decent preachers as well. But let me say this. You come to a church because you Connect with the vision. You you say, I want to connect with that vision to love God, love people and to change the world. You connect with the vision of a church, not just the preacher or the music, because the music and the preacher might let you down. But when there is a vision that you come come into agreement with, it doesn't matter what, what things or obstacles get in the way. You know that I've come to that place to come into an agreement to accomplish a certain goal. I don't just come to worship, which we do. I don't just come to get goosebumps, which we get. I don't just come to get healed, which comes about. I come because I believe in the vision. I believe in the power. I believe in the purpose of that ministry. You're here today because we wanna make sure that you understand what CWC stands for. That we stand to love God, that our loving God that in our follow, in our service, in our giving, in our loving of people. And we love people by bringing honor to people By bringing healing to people, by taking time to give life-giving relationships to people, and to also reach out to people. When you love God the right way, it makes you love people the right way. And that love for people will end up changing your world. Come on, somebody. Today, I want to talk to you, and those of you at home as well, I want to talk to you today about changing your world. And I apologize, we've had to kind of condense these messages because we're right up against the end of the year. And uh, so we had to kind of double up on some of these points, which normally I'd like to take one service just to do one point and really dig deep, but we've had to kind of break it down. Today, I want to talk to you about changing the world through our influence and empowering. I want you to understand every one of you standing here are influencers. You are all influencing someone to do something at one time or another. How you drive influences people. How you speak influences people. What you post on social media influences people. Your smile or lack of smiles influences people. Acts chapter 2, verse 40, and this is what we're reading right now, is right after the upper room. Jesus has died, he's rose again, and the 120 have been in the upper room waiting for the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit falls upon them in Acts chapter 2, and they begin to speak in other tongues. As they're doing so, they fall out, they start falling outside of the upper room. What happened inside the four walls begins to bleed into the streets of Jerusalem. And as the people are walking by, it's nine in the morning and they see people speaking in their language because there's foreigners that have come to Jerusalem and now they hear people speaking in their language, the glory and the goodness of God. And and, and they're, they're freaked out and they're like, man, these guys must be drunk. They, these dudes, have been they, they've been hitting the jack, they've been hitting that, that tequila, they've been doing something because these guys are tripping. They're falling over, they're, they're speaking, they're acting funny, and Peter stands up in the middle. He takes this perfect opportunity. Now, listen carefully. Peter could have used this moment to become offended. I'm worshiping God and you're saying I'm drunk? He could have used this opportunity to get mad. See the enemy will always try to bring offense to keep you from your purpose. Peter stands up and after he preaches to them it says in verse 40, and with many other words he testified and exhorted them, be saved from this perverse generation. Oh, that'll preach today, come on somebody. Verse 41 he says then those who received his word and were baptized that day were about 3000 souls. You imagine that? One day no church, next day 3000 people. Come on somebody. It says 3000 souls were added to them and they continued steadfastly. Everyone say that. Continued steadfastly. I want to highlight that in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse 43, and fear came upon every soul as many signs and wonders were done among the apostles. Let's jump to verse 44. Now all who believed were together had all things in common and they sold their possessions and goods among them as anyone had need. Now, in other words this, if I had three cars or two cars and I only needed one, I sold the second car to help someone else that didn't have a car. Or if I seen someone that was hungry, I would take what I had and I would share with them. Now, I wouldn't give to the point that I didn't have my needs met. I would do those things only if I had extra property, another house, another uh, another investment. They, they saw a need. No one told them, hey, sell this so you could do that. They didn't do that. They just saw the need and they were so grateful for what God had done for them, generosity flowed through them and said, man, I can help that person. That that extra set of golf clubs can help that person. That extra car can bless that person. And so notice what they do. So after that, verse 46, so they continued daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, and they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Verse 47. And praising God, having favor with all people, the Lord added to the church daily those that were saved. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to understand what's taking place here. The upper room experience, when the Holy Spirit shows up, it messed things up. Or let me rephrase that. It put things back into order again. And when the presence of the Holy Spirit showed up, it literally caused the world to look and make fun of the church. They begin to make fun of those that had obeyed God. And now after obeying God, they fall into the streets and people begin to make fun of them. Now, Peter could have used that opportunity as they were making fun of them, as they were critiquing them, as they were ridiculing them. He could have used that opportunity to get offended and end up missing out on God's greater purpose for his life. But instead of getting offended, Peter stood up and he spoke up. I need you to understand that in every opportunity in life you have an opportunity to get offended or you have an opportunity to rise up and respond the way God wants you to respond. Peter chose not to get offended and at the perfect time, at the perfect moment, Peter moved by the Holy Spirit, showed up and he shifted the atmosphere offense was flying in the atmosphere, critique was flying in the atmosphere. He could have added to that atmosphere, but instead of doing that, he rose up and he spoke up and he shifted the atmosphere with the presence of God. I need you to understand, you cannot calm a storm if the raging inside you is just as bad. You you can't stop a problem in the family if the storm around you is just as bad as what's going on inside of you. You have to have peace to give peace. Oh, I'm preaching right now and you don't even know it. When there's offense, you can't give love if there's no love inside of you. Because in every trial of life, whatever squeezes you, what's in you comes out. If I squeeze an orange, what comes out? Squeeze an apple, what comes out? What's in you comes out of you when you're squeezed. Have you ever heard someone say, oh, where did that come from? <laughs> oh, I, I didn't mean to say that. Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. Where, I don't know how many times I'm hanging out with people where at dinner or driving or whatever and that a curse word slips out. And they realize they're with a the pastor. And then they stop. Oh, I'm sorry, pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize to me. It's just what's in you comes out of you. Anyone can fake it when things are good. I can look like a great Christian. I'm not saying that we have to be perfect. But what I am saying that if it's still in there... It's going to keep coming out every time you're squeezed. Now, now do I get mad? Absolutely. Do I lose it sometimes? Absolutely. But I can't remember the last time I cursed. When God breathed into me, I refused to use his breath to curse someone else. Peter shifted the atmosphere. And so I want you to see something here tonight. To change the world, you got to be an influencer. Yeah, yeah. Peter could have reflected the atmosphere around him or shift the atmosphere. Peter chose to shift the atmosphere by taking a stand and beginning to c- declare what God wanted him to do in that moment. And see, I want you to, everyone say, be in, uh, everyone say influence. God wants us to be an influencer. Influence is the action or the process of producing effects, actions, or behaviors, opinions of others. That what we do, we affect people's behaviors, their actions, their opinions, or their thoughts. Have you ever been around a complainer and you begin to complain with them? Before you know it, you're going to grow that church. Because another complainer is going to find, you you could find, you could put 100 positive people in a room and put two negative people, and by the end of the night, they will find each other. And that group will grow. But in the same manner, you get 100 people, 100 negative people together, put two positive people together, they will find themselves, they will find others as well, and one or two things will happen. They will change the atmosphere around them to positive, or you will find those 100 negative people leaving. Dr. John Maxwell says that defines leadership as influence. But Dr. Miles Monroe says that it's more than that. He goes, if someone puts a gun to your head and tells you to give them your money, they've influenced you. But that's not a good influence. So true leadership isn't just influence. There's an influence that leads you to do the right thing. It inspires you, it encourages you, it challenges you. You want to become better, not because of what someone's forcing you to do, but something inside you says, I'm better than this. I'm a better man, I'm a better woman, I'm a better person than how I'm acting right now. Influence is the power to make a change. And when you have influence, you have power. Let me say that again. When you have influence, you have power. The book of Genesis. God says in Genesis one twenty six, "Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness, and let them have dominion." What is dominion? It's power. Every human being wants power. We want power to pay our bills. We want power to do what we want to do. We want the power to make a choice. We want the power to have control of our situations. Every human being wants power. I should think about it. No, no, Pastor, I don't want power. You're lying. Because that's what God created you for, was for dominion, for power. To rule your atmosphere and environment, not reflect it. And so I need you to understand, what does it look like when God's people step into places of influence? What's it look like? When an environment is going bad and God's people stand up in the middle of that shifting and that storm, stand up and speak out. It's called transformation. When God's people express influence, you see, how does God, what's God's plan to win plumbers to Christ? God takes a man of God, clothes him in a plumber's outfit, and sends him into the plumber's union. Now, he looks like a plumber. He knows how to plumb. He knows how to do the work. But really, he's an undercover evangelist of God. And so when everyone else starts bringing things down, this this man of God rises up in the middle of that situation. And while he has an opportunity to be offended by their their coarse joking or their words or the things they say, he rises up in the middle of it and he begins to speak out and shift atmospheres by declaring the goodness of God. God does it not just with plumbers. He does it with businessmen, with salespeople. He places his key people of influence in every genre, in every spectrum, in order to shift atmospheres. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever asked, why am I at this job? Come on. Come on. What am I doing here? Well, You're not there by accident. Amen. You're there by assignment. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Good. You're not at that job by accident. God placed you there to make a difference. You see, the book of the, the Word of God is filled with men and women who use their influence to change the world. Yeah. In fact, as I look at the Word of God, if we're talking about Daniel, we're talking about Joseph, Deborah, Esther, we talk about people that Nehemiah, that shifted atmospheres, that transformed their, their environment at that time. Do you realize every one of these people that we see in the Word of God were not preachers? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Good. They weren't priests. They were businessmen and women that shifted atmospheres. Do you realize you come here so that we can equip you to change the world? Oh, that was weak. I said, we bring you here. You come here every Sunday so that we can equip you. We can give you the game plan so you can prepare that when you walk in to your school, when you walk into that classroom, you walk onto that job site, you walk into that that construction site, you walk into that computer room, when you walk in, that the kingdom of heaven has just shown up when you walk into the gates of hell. that's what you're there for. But if you don't have the presence or the breath of God in you, The environments will change you rather than you changing it. You see, many times we we get excited about when we see people come to the altar and accept Christ. But it's bigger than just saying a prayer. See, the prayer is easy. Following Jesus is hard. Let me say that again. The, the, the prayer is easy. Come into my heart. Surrendering is easy. Living the life on a daily basis is hard. It is free for salvation. But for the path of holiness, is difficult. To live that life... To, to, to be a, an influencer is going to be a, a, a hard thing. And what we just got done reading, they continued steadfastly in the disciples' doctrines. They learned. And see, after they got saved, notice what they did. They continued. We come up, we say a prayer, and then we think we got our ticket to heaven and we're done. But that's not what God's called us to do. He didn't call us to get saved because if the goal was to get you to heaven, then the moment you said the sinner's prayer, God would kill you. Come on, come on church. If the goal was heaven, the moment you said, Jesus, come into my heart, make me new, I'm a sinner in need of a savior, boom, you'd be dead. But the goal isn't heaven. The goal is to make heaven look like earth. It's to bring heaven to earth. To make earth look like heaven. Excuse me. I knew I had that wrong. (laughs) It's it's important to understand. That's why he said your kingdom come, your will be done on on earth as it is. Why would he have us pray that if that was impossible? Jesus invites us to bring heaven's reality here to earth and pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, when we pray for God's will, how do we normally pray? God, whatever your will is, let your will be done. No. Lord, if it's your will, let them be healed. No. We don't pray for God's will. We pray from God's will. You didn't hear me. We don't pray for God's will. We pray from God's will. You want to look at God's will? Jesus is, he's called the the, the Logos, the word of God. That he is the word of God incarnate. So you want to know what God thinks about any subject. Look at Jesus. Jesus is the embodiment of all the thoughts of God. So you want to know what God thinks about death? What did Jesus do to every funeral he showed up at? Jesus messed up every funeral he attended, even his own. Every sick person he came in contact, what did he do? He healed them. He didn't say, man, if it's God's will, you get healed today, man. Praying for you, man. Just believe, you know, hey, the layman, I'm going to try to pick you up. But dude, if it don't work, it's okay, hang in there. He didn't drive people behind him trying to raise them. He didn't do that because Jesus is the embodiment of the will of God. Now, does everything we pray for always work out the way we want it to? It doesn't. But I don't change my theology to match my experience. I have to keep on pressing in until my experience matches the word of God. I don't think you heard me, church. Because what do we do? When we pray for someone and they don't get healed, we begin to now create a philosophy or a theology that doesn't match the word of God. Because we're trying to rectify why God didn't answer in the... When my daughter died of leukemia and I prayed for her and I believed, it was very easy for me through a season to start changing my theology to believe Okay, maybe God's all-loving, but maybe he's just not all-powerful. Or maybe he's all-powerful and not all-loving. Because if he was all-loving and all-powerful, he would have healed her. Our minds, we try to work things out. But I don't change my theology because things didn't work out in the manner I expected them to. Are you with me this morning? So, I need you to understand we can't just lead people to Christ. We got to clean the fish. We got to take time to use our influence to get people to another level in their walk with God. How many many of you understand this? That without salvation, salvation without discipleship ends up leading to children with no parents. We end up creating a bunch of spiritual orphans. We got people that are being birthed into the kingdom. We love seeing people saved, but we're not discipling anyone. We're not, we're not, we're not following up. We're not giving them Jesus and teaching them. They're continuing in that walk. Discipleship is just as important as salvation. It's so important because that lays the foundation that when they end up failing or if they end up failing, they say, you know what, man, I tried God and God didn't work. No, you didn't try. You said a prayer, but you never got discipled. You never followed through with to live like Jesus. And so I need you to recognize today that we have so many orphan children running around. And see, parents that have, kids that have no parents, have a hard time being corrected. Amen. I know when you haven't been discipled when you can't be corrected. Yeah. Because whenever you start doing something and you get corrected in an area, a child with no, a, a orf, spiritual orphan will fight back. Because they're not used to having a parent or a guardian tell them how to live. Right. Right. They don't know how to react to love. Love to them is let me do whatever I want. But love loves you even at times, even if it has to hurt you. You following me? Parents, how, how many of you love your kids? How many of you tolerate your kids? <laughs> I want you to understand that when we tell our kids not to touch the stove and we yell at them, it's not that we, we're mad at them, it's protection. Well, if you love me, you'd let me touch it. Man, you don't let me do anything, man. You, you don't really love me because if you love me, you'd let me touch that stove. Touch the stove then. Go ahead. Here, let me put your hand on there. <laughs> let me hold it there for a moment. See, studies show that an average church attender that lacks, the average church attender lacks the, the, just the basic understanding of doctrinal truth don't have a clue what what the church stands for, what the Word of God stands for. And what we end up doing, check this out, when we don't understand what the Word of God or the doctrines are, we end up creating hybrid Christianity. And I see Christians posting about karma on Facebook and social media. We don't live by karma. We We don't live according to horoscopes. Come on, somebody. What we do, we start taking bits and pieces of different philosophies and understandings. And when you don't have no foundation in the spiritual things, you start taking this thought, you take this thought, and then you try to marry it to the Word of God. The Word of God stands alone. The Word of God has nothing that you can add to it or take away. The Word of God alone tells you how to treat your wife, how to treat your husband, how to raise a family, how to run a business, how to run a church, how to treat one another. That's what the word of God does. You don't need the word of God and something. All these hybrid Christianity things, the great commission was a command. It wasn't a suggestion. Acts chapter 2, verse 47 says, Praising God and having favor with all people, the Lord added to the church daily those that were saved. I truly believe this. Listen carefully, and we've been working very hard on this. Over the last few years, to to dial in and to get better our discipleship programs. But I personally believe that the Lord will not add to a church that is not prepared to disciple the harvest. The Lord is the great shepherd, He's also a great steward. So He's not gonna add if we're not prepared. He's not going to add if we're not going to take care of. And so if the harvest, we keep praying for a harvest, if we're not ready to disciple the harvest or to accept the harvest or when someone of a different color walks in or someone of a different belief walks in or someone of a different look walks in, that they just sin differently than you when they walk in, can we accept them? Can we love them? Can we disciple them? Can we love them to Jesus? We can't sit back any longer and just receive. L- listen carefully. Some of y'all have been in church so long, you, you sit there and you're critiquing my preaching. Wow. <laughs> <All right. Hallelujah. laughs> no, Pastor missed that point. He really should have focused in on, you know, look, look, look at this. You just go, lean over to your wife and point out the scripture. You know, that word right there, that word in the Greek means... This and he really should have accentuated that point right there. And and, and you're sitting there and you, you got so much word in you, but you ain't doing nothing. Come on. Come on. Come on. The church has no commentators. This isn't Monday night football. We don't have commentators in the body of Christ. You don't sit there and commentate on other people's work. You get in the game. You get up and you start discipling. You get up and you start making a difference. You get up and start pouring your life into someone. God gave you what he gave you here. He gave you here so that you would share it with other individuals. God created you to be an influencer. What are you doing with what God gave you? In fact, I would ask you this. If God answered all the prayers you prayed, would it only change your life? Come on. Because if you pray a prayer that God would answer and only your life is changed, then your focus is too narrow. Good. Good. Our prayer shouldn't just be to pay my mortgage, get me a house, a nice car. It should transform the world. Influence. Oh, come on, church. Somebody better hear me this morning. It's not time to sit back any longer. I want to challenge some of you. Some of you are seasoned. Some of you are seasoned. And you've been sitting for how long? Oh, Pastor, I'm working. I got this. I got kids. We all do. But at the, end of the, at the end of our lives, when we stand before God, he's not going to ask you how many hours you invested at your job. You know what, God, the Raiders were playing, the Niners were playing, and I I just needed to, I just wanted to see the game. That's not going to be the question. In every one of you, there is something that someone else needs. It's in you. And if you would just release it, take what God has given to you and release it to others around you. It will change, maybe not the whole world, but it will change your world. I spent so much time on influencer, we're going to have like three minutes to go over empowering people. What's the second thing that we do? We empower people. We, we change the world through influence. But we also change the world through empowering people. I, I tell you this, over, over the past 20 plus years as a pastor, I'm not a micromanager. I hate micromanagers. And if you're a micromanager, I don't hate you. I just hated always having someone looking over my shoulder. If you give me a job, let me do the job. You give me a responsibility, I'll get it done. But when, when Bishop would tell me something out of Manteca, when he would ask me to do something, i consider it done. You don't, you don't have to check with me again. You don't have to follow up with me. As soon as you say it and I write it down, this is a done deal. I'll get it done. It'll be finished. You won't even have to follow up because when you give me an assignment, it's going to be taken care of. When we talk about being empowering people... It's important that you recognize that we have to start empowering people, that we start releasing and giving people the opportunity to develop their gift, to develop their call, to walk out what it is that God called them to do. You see, everyone, when they come to the church and I sit down with them, they say, Pastor, what's your vision? What's your vision here at CWC? And and some people get frustrated with me when I tell them. But the reality is this. I always say, first of all, love God, love people, change the world. Okay, that's your statement of purpose. No, it's our vision. That's what we're here for. But they've asked, okay, well, what's your vision? My vision is to see your vision come about. Because if we all work for my vision... One person has their dreams come true. But if we work to see everyone else walk in what God called them to do, we don't just get one person's vision done. We end up getting hundreds of people walking in the call that God called them to do. So I am here today to empower you. I'm here to help put you back together again. I'm here to mend you. I'm here to put you together. I'm here to, to, to like Jesus, how many of you... How many of you have ever seen a picture of Jesus carrying a sheep on his shoulder? Have you seen that picture? Or a shepherd carrying the sheep? You know why they do that? Because every so often you get that knucklehead sheep that just won't stay still. Always taking off in the wrong direction. Always doing the wrong thing. And because sheep are dumb, they just follow whoever. No implications. I'm just saying, have you ever found yourself in a season of life and you're like, man, what did I just do? And it was because you were hanging around with the wrong people at the wrong time. And you got led to something that you weren't planning on doing, but you didn't plan on not doing it. I've been there. So I'm speaking from experience. I don't know about you. I'm not as holy as some of you. Okay, when I hang out with Pastor Nick, I always end up messing up. <laughs> Pray for him, okay? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, this is where we're going to close this morning, okay? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says, Now these are the gifts that God gave to the church, apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Now now listen carefully. These are the offices. Not everyone is called to an office. Yet, everyone is called with one of these abilities. Listen carefully. Not everyone's called to be an apostle. Not everyone's called to be a prophet. But everyone has an... Some of you in here have an apostolic gift. You're a good starter. Some of you are very prophetic. You're a great planner. You foresee things. Some of you are great evangelists. You're a recruiter. See, the Bible calls it an evangelist, but your job would call a recruiter. Some of you are great care people. You're a pastor, very pastoral, or you're great at details. You're a great teacher. So you might not be one of the five offices, but you do have the abilities of those five offices in you. And so we need to release those giftings. Listen, this is the important part. This is what I want to focus in on, verse 12. And their responsibility is to, the responsibility is to, the responsibility is to, come on, shout it out, equip. Equip. I'm not here to do the work. Let pastor visit them. Let pastor pray for them. Let pastor take care of this. Let pastor take care of that. My responsibility is to equip you. To do the work of his ministry. This isn't my ministry, it's not your ministry, it's his. We come together as a body of Christ to work together to take your gift, 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 and your gift, and your gift, and your gift, and and put it all together to make the body of Christ, to make a difference in this world. To equip Now, that sheep that goes off, the reason they carry it is because the shepherd has to, at times, break the leg of the sheep. I know some of y'all that need a broken leg. See you running in certain directions like, Lord, man, I just want to. And so the shepherd will break the leg of the sheep and then he'll mend it. But then because he broke the leg of that sheep, he has to carry that sheep now wherever he goes. So it's a commitment. Now, I know I hurt you, but that hurting's for a greater purpose. And so he has to carry that sheep. He's the one that carries it to water. He's the one that lays it down to feed it. He has to be around that sheep to take care of all of its needs. And that sheep, during the broken leg period, as it's mended, as the bone mends, that's where the word equip comes from. The Greek word equip comes from to mend. Remember in the word of God where Jesus is walking on the beach and he comes up to the disciples that are mending their nets? Same Greek word. Putting back together because broken nets can't catch shi- can't catch shi- uh, fish. I was going to say sheep. Broken nets can't can't catch fish. When you're broken Come on. When you're broken, you can't catch anything. But some people don't want to be mended. Because you get more attention broken than you do when you're mended. But the disciples mended the, the nets because they knew that they had to catch fish. The, the shepherd mended the broken leg because it had to get healed. By the time the sheep's bone healed, it had been next to the shepherd for so long, it never left his side. There are some breakings we've gone through in life, and you're wondering, God, Why? God, why did I have to go through this? Why am I going through this? Why is this taking place? But just like a shepherd, you've been broken, but he's carrying you. He's taking care of you. He's meeting all your needs. He's watching out for you. He's laying you next to the stream. He's laying you in that pasture. He's watching out and taking care of all your needs. And when you get healed, not if, but when you get healed, you will be so dependent on the love and the mercy and the grace and the love of God that you will never... Never want to leave come on someone say amen come on stand 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 to your feet with me listen carefully it's the blood of Jesus that heals now some healings happen spontaneously immediately but others take a process that molestation, you're not going to get over. That divorce isn't just going to go away. The pain of that divorce, that, that, that bitterness that you felt when, when someone gossiped about you or put you down or did something that you felt was wrong to you. It's not easy. But you have to be healed. The church is a hospital for hurt people so. Listen carefully. It's okay to bleed here. You don't have to be perfect. I'm not. You don't have to have it all together. That's what this place is for. That's what this is for. It symbolizes and reminds us what Jesus did for us. But when something's not healed, listen carefully. When something's not healed... The moment it's aggravated, it reminds you it's there. I've been dealing with back pain for over two years now. Sciatic, lower back pain, in constant pain the past two years. I do my best to try to stretch it, to deal with it. And there's days that, while moving around, I feel great today, get done working out or whatever, and I feel good, and then all of a sudden, I sit down, and it's time to get up, and I stand, and I'm standing up, and I'm like, "Oh, because it's not healed yet. When there's a part of your body that hasn't been healed or a part of your emotions that haven't been healed, you could walk around and look great until that thing is touched and it's aggravated. Now, all of a sudden, all the pain comes back in a moment. CWC needs to be a place of influencers, but a place also of empowering people. And the best way I can empower you today is by giving you healing. Be healed today heads bowed and eyes closed father i pray for every person in this place in jesus name lord i know i took more time than i should have but lord in this moment i press in and i pray for those that have been emotionally hurt spiritually hurt abused by spiritual leadership abused by someone in authority someone that should have protected them and loved them Lord someone that, that that came against them someone that gossiped about them put them down Lord I pray father for every wound for every hurt for every pain that that pain would not turn into bitterness let not bitterness take root Lord I pray in Jesus name freedom over every heart you're here right now and you're dealing with the hurt a pain it might not be physical it may be physical it may be emotional whatever it is you you're dealing with the hurt right now would you lift your hand in the air I want to pray with you heads bowed eyes closed yes God bless you 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 hands going up all over the place a lot of hurting people right now you know what that's okay because God loves you and God right now in this moment is going to heal you father I speak healing over every heart in Jesus name I decree wholeness over their lives. I decree healing. Even for those at home right now, I decree healing over you. That pain doesn't have to hurt any longer. We speak deliverance over your life in Jesus' name. Right now, I want you, just if you would, take the bread. As you take the bread, take it in faith and know that God's body was broken so that your body could be made whole. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that after he took the cup and after he gave thanks, he said, this is the blood of my new covenant. What Jesus is saying, I'm entering into a new agreement with you. And what's the blood do? It heals, it forgives, restores. God knew you couldn't do this on your own. You can't get rid of that pain on your own. You can't mend on your own. You can't be healed on your own. You need his blood to be healed. So as you take the cup right now, by faith, take the cup in faith knowing God has restored you. Father, thank you tonight for your goodness. Lord, I thank you right now. Let CWC be a place of influencers and a place, Father God, also of equipping. Help us to put people back together again so that this world would be changed. Lord, I don't want to be broken anymore. I don't want to be hurting anymore. I want to be whole. So Lord, would you restore us today so that we could walk out your purposes. In Jesus' name we pray, everyone says. Amen, amen. Come on, someone give God praise this morning. I'm going to ask Pastor Ray if he would come forward, a couple of our ministers, if they would, uh, prayer team, if you would take your places as well. If you need prayer this morning, we're going to hang out and pray with you. If you need prayer, uh, for those of you that received what you needed, God bless you this morning. For those of you also uh, that are first time visitors, stop by at the back table, we would love to greet you and just bless you. For those of you at home, remember till we see each other again, love God, love people, And let's change this world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.